All right, roll call. <laughs> Jane. President. Sarah. Present. <laughs> All right, welcome back to You Know What I've Been Wondering. I'm Sarah. I'm Jane. It's time for us to discuss the elephant in the room. I got blue light glasses. They're and, really cute. And I feel like now I think I'm like hot stuff because I'm like... I look at my glasses. I can look at you over the top of the glasses. They, they are look, very cute. Yeah, they look really good. On I them. always wanted glasses. Me too. Because I just wanted to be like that intellectual girl mm-hmm. who like sits in the corner with her book and her glasses on. I wanted to be Velma. I loved Velma. I never wanted to She's be Daphne. She worked so hard. <laughs> anyway, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing pretty good. Happy it's the weekend. How about you? Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm good. Um, you haven't left the house today. You're still I in have, your pajamas. I wasn't going to tell our listeners that, but no, you're I'm correct. jealous. I'm jealous because I have a busy weekend this weekend, so it doesn't really feel like a weekend. Mm-hmm. So I'm jealous that you, you know, got to do some relax. And we That's need to good. connect to Disney Plus so Jane can really <sighs> leisure her way through I life. Wa- I didn't want to rush you in connecting it to our. I know. I need to. Us. I need to hook it up. I've been. I took the GREs today, so all week I've just been studying really mm-hmm. hard for you that, have. and like only been doing that in the evenings and I knew if I set up Disney Plus I would be too tempted by it so yeah I'm I'm jealous that you got to relax today and you'll get to relax tomorrow because I actually have a really busy weekend you are a very hard-working woman which is why I have all this wine (laughs) (laughs) you gotta get through it somehow Jane and I are drinking a very delicious wine it's so good it's from California it's a California wine so are you ready to sweep me off my feet and (laughs) off the edge of the earth well, it's physically impossible for me to do so, and I'll explain why. Oh, no. Well, no, no, no. It, <laughs> I will say that I do not believe in the flat earth theory. Okay, thank you I'll for starting with that. that. But, like, I think it's fun to talk as if I do. Yeah, no, please, please, please. <laughs> I'll believe anything for five minutes, as we've said before. Yeah. <laughs> the flat earth theory, like, honestly, it. I just feel like you have to be so in in it to believe it because there's a lot of uh, like made up scientific facts that you have to accept as true in order for it to work but let's start with some uh, backstory great (laughs) of the earth's shape so i feel like i heard a lot that like columbus discovered the earth was round columbus like christopher columbus i know (laughs) He's a he's a um, no, Italian I, man who. <laughs> oh no, Copernicus was the one that discovered that we're the center of the that we're the yeah, center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, right, that's why he thought he could go. I was about to say Columbus's theory on getting to India wouldn't have made sense if he thought the Earth was flat because he specifically oh, went in the other direction. Oh yeah. So he had to have known the Earth was a circle. I don't know. Why. <laughs> I was like, what's the word? A sphere, I guess. I I think spherical is a more accurate word when we're discussing Earth shape because technically a a lot of flat earthers think it's like a disc. Okay, all right. So when we're, we non-flat earthers believe it's a sphere. Mm -hmm. But the first person to suggest that the Earth might be spherical was our buddy Pythagoras. Oh, we know him. Yeah, from 6th century BC. What other episode did we talk about Pythagoras? Oh, um, 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 numerology. Oh, hey, buddy. Hey. Good friend. And Aristotle also agreed with the notion that the Earth was spherical. The proof that Aristotle used to say this was that, one, he noticed that 
constellations in the sky changed locations based on where you were in the earth oh smart guy yeah like he used location of stars to support pythagoras's idea um he also pointed out the shape of the shadow during lunar eclipses he was like that's the earth's shadow why is it curved Mm, side eye at (laughs) the moon um in the third century bc erasthenes no aristosthenes not like Aristophanes. No, okay. I thought that was what it was at first, but okay. no, this is spelled E R A S T O S T H E N E S. Oh, what a um, name! Yeah, of Cyrene. He was My the head librarian name. of the Library of Alexandria. Whoa! Yeah, so fancy man. Yeah, excited man. He calculated the Earth's circumference. Good for him. Now, you wouldn't be calculating the Earth's circumference if you didn't believe the Earth was was round. round. Yeah. I'm not going to explain those calculations to you because they were insanely complicated, but... I don't need that. I already took the GRE. Thank you. (laughs) It was basically... He used, like, distance and angles of solar shadows and things and calculated. And he was very close to correct. He was only 1% off. Good for him. I know. Not bad for 300 BCE. Yeah, exactly. In the 7th century Mm -hmm. AD this time, Catholic monk by the name of Bede, B-E-D-E. Sorry, it's not funny. (laughs) Um, He wrote this treatise, a piece of work called The Reckoning of Time. And Mm -hmm. in it, I don't think it was about the fact that the earth was spherical, but he discusses in it that the earth is spherical okay and it's like accepted as no knowledge okay and that piece of writing was distributed amongst a lot of clerics and religious people at the time and was considered a respected piece of writing so that kind of debunks the whole thing that like the institution of christianity was trying to squash the flat earther thing okay like christians also believe that the earth is Right, right. In Dante's Divine Comedies... Ah, yes, we know. We know, we know. The Earth is described as a sphere. I think, um, Inferno. Okay. I don't know, I don't know. You're too smart for me. No, I I wasn't asking to be like, this is a pop quiz. Mm -hmm. I've only read Inferno. I have not read the whole thing, and I I don't remember this. I think it's Inferno. I don't remember this, but I I was just curious. One historian was quoted as saying, with extraordinarily few exceptions... No educated person in the history of Western civilization from the 3rd century BC onward believed the Earth was flat. Oh. So for a very long time, we've known that the Earth was spherical. Yes, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a long <laughs> we've time. We've been new. And there's other things you can do to just, like, prove it with your own eyes. Like, like they've mentioned in literature for years and years and years that ships, when you watch them disappear over the horizon, they disappear bottom first. Oh, which yeah. Which kind of proves that, you know, there's a curve. Uh, <laughs> that's true um, i haven't thought about that but in 2018 yougov did a poll in which 8,218 people responded it was like an online poll mm-hmm. and it was later said that it was the poll accurately reflected the general population 84 percent of people who responded said that they've always believed that the earth was round five percent said i've always thought the earth is round but more recently i am skeptical or have doubts oh two percent said i've always thought the earth was flat but more recently i am skeptical or have doubts and two percent said i have always believed the, the world is flat seven percent said not sure what <laughs> i'm worried about the people who are unsure <laughs> i know i i'm with you because if you're gonna believe something that's not true like just believe it wholeheartedly. And then the YouTube channel Today I Found Out 
which is where I got a lot of this information. Thank you, today I found out. They did another poll asking people like what their opinions were and 72,000 mm -hmm. people responded. And they pointed out that there could be a bias because their followers and subscribers are probably people who don't believe in the flat earth theory. But from that poll, 96% of respondents said that they firmly believe the world is round. 1% said, I used to firmly believe the world is round, but now I have doubts. And 1% said, I firmly believe the world is flat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I firmly believe. 1% said, I'm not sure what I believe on this issue. And then <laughs> they posted another poll a little while later that 54,000 people voted on. And 9% said, I believe the world is round, but sometimes online I say it's flat. <laughs> That's like the true honest state stuff I said online that I didn't mean. <laughs> 2% said, I believe the world is flat and I advocate this, this position online. <laughs> the remaining 89% people said, neither applies to me. So 89% of people have never <laughs> pretended to be a flat earther. <laughs> or been an We're actual... about to cross into the people who sometimes we lie about it online. <laughs> We're about to be those people. I love that. <laughs> Oops. I believe the bird truthers. Um, oh my gosh, absolutely. <laughs> they have a new line of shirts that are so cute. I want one. So the modern flat earth conspiracy started in the mid-19th century with a man named Samuel Robotham, who was from London, England. So take that, Philippa. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> The Brits uh, created the flat earthers. Spread did. the word. They did. Spread the word. Now, he's not a particularly educated man. He dropped out of school at, you know when you're nine years old and you think you've learned enough? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know several nine-year-olds that think but that. But like, I'm good. Yeah. I've, I've had enough school. He dropped out of school at nine. And he believed or advocated that not only was the earth flat, but everything in the sky was at most a few thousand miles away. Oh. Everything was like right here. <laughs> imagining this literal nine-year-old <laughs> he's grown up at this point i know but being like being like see that it's like 50 feet away you know it's like <laughs> that scene in your good man charlie brown where lucy is like just telling untrue facts about everything <laughs> around her like that's what this kid is doing because it is a child <laughs> to be clear flat earth conspiracies was started by a nine-year-old am i surprised absolutely well not. i don't think he was nine when he no was. in my head he was <laughs> not in my head, he was, he was nine. Um, now, the thing about Samuel Robotham is that what he lacked in education, he made up for in charisma. Oh, of course. <laughs> because he Natural. was apparently very good in debates and was really convincing and really good at getting people on his side. And He's literally, okay, it's like that meme of DW from Arthur when it's like, this sign can't stop me because I can't read. Like, of course he was... <laughs> Of course he was really good at debates. He didn't have any sort of facts to support the other side. So he was like, I have to be right because you can't tell me otherwise because I never learned it in school because I didn't go to school. Yeah. He wrote this book called Zetetic Astronomy, Earth, Not a Globe. <laughs> and not he, a globe. <laughs> not a globe. And he founded the Zetetic Society and members of the society believe that only facts that you can prove yourself in that very moment are facts that you can take as This true. is infuriating. 
This is my literal worst nightmare. Unless I can prove it right now, you're wrong. (laughs) This is my literal worst nightmare. I know. It's awful. Um, My, like, biggest pet peeve is someone telling me I'm wrong when I I know I'm like, yeah, we'll prove it. You can't in this moment without Googling it, can you? So... Nothing to support it. But if you want to know uh, additional information to prove that Samuel Robotham is kind of a quack, he <laughs> would go under the pseudonym Dr. Samuel Burley, and he made money selling cure-alls and life extenders that he made himself that I assume didn't work. <laughs> yeah, because get, for someone who's like, you can only believe what you can prove right now, he couldn't prove right then and there that the thing cured <laughs> that. It wasn't instantaneous. Well, this the Zetetic so Society did not last long. It like not it didn't have that Shocker. many members and it kind of faded into obscurity pretty quickly. I don't think it would be fun to be a part of a club in which the leader <laughs> is like, I'm always right, period. <laughs> yeah, I know. But in 1956, a man named Samuel Shenton of Dover, England. Oh, more more English, Um, (laughs) came across the writings of the Zetetic Society, and he founded the International Flat Earth Research Society, or IFERS, or IFERS. I don't think there's always someone that's got to be different, you know? (laughs) Um, It was just kind of bad timing because Sputnik went up in 1957. (laughs) So immediately, like, everyone was like, we don't believe you. But some people did. The thing about Sputnik, though, that made it so, like, him, it made it so that he, you could really easily disprove him was that if you had, like, a basic knowledge of satellites and, like, radios and, mm-hmm. like, put in a little bit of effort, you could receive the signal that Sputnik was sending down so you could track its location. Oh. And so people could track that it was, like, going around the Earth. But like, we can't do this with the Black Knight satellite. Sputnik was being controlled by people on Earth. I know. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I know. Going on my own. <laughs> Yes, I'm aware. Yeah. Um, Sputnik came from Earth. <laughs> so we're like, it's going around a spherical planet. We have proof. But Samuel Shenton just put out a statement saying, would sailing around the Isle of Wight prove it were spherical? It's just the same for those satellites. Basically being like, it's just going around this flat disk. It's not really going around a planet. There's no way to prove that it's actually going around in like a 3D way, you know? Yeah. When astronauts took pictures of the Earth from space, Shenton said, it's easy to see how a photograph like that could fool the untrained eye. Uh And when astronauts came back from space and said that they looked at Earth from space, he said, it is a deception of the public and it isn't right. What? (laughs) They were like, you're lying to us all and we know it. Samuel Shenton died in 1972 um, Rest in peace. And when he first founded the society, like, he actually got up to 3,000 members. Oh. Um, but when he died, a lot of people quit. It dropped to 100 members worldwide. But that same year, this guy named Charles Johnson, who was from California, said, yes, America took the ball and ran with it. But England started it. He founded the International Flat Earth Research Society of America. Ah, of America. Of America. <laughs> Which, is it international if it's of America? That seems like a contradiction to me. He claimed that this was a conspiracy that went back through all of history. He said that it was a conspiracy that Moses, Columbus, and FDR all fought. (laughs) (laughs) The Holy Trinity. The Holy Trinity. But, like, the thing about that is, one, Columbus knew the Earth was round. Two, <laughs> otherwise he wouldn't have done was, what he did. <laughs> Moses he would have been afraid of falling off the edge. <laughs> I can't. I literally can't. <laughs> You're right. 
And Moses wasn't fighting anyone about this. <laughs> no, he because wasn't. he lived amongst the Egyptians and the Hebrews, who all at that time believed that the earth was flat. Also, but, I don't just don't think this was high on so Moses' he, priority no, list. he wasn't fighting for this at all. I hate to break it to you, but Moses was not talking about no, the shape of the earth. No, he was not. He um, was not. No. Johnson claimed that the goal of the conspiracy, like the reason why they wanted you to believe that the earth was round, was because it was scientists who were trying to get rid of religion. Now, again, the Christians, Christians believed, believed that the earth was round. <laughs> I just don't understand how it would service them not to believe that. I don't know. I mean, other things I've looked at said that basically, like, flat earthers don't really like the idea of the Big Bang. And there's... they. They don't like the idea that nothing's in their control or like they don't have a reason for anything. Okay. Which I feel like religion is kind of the opposite of that. Religion's like it's happening because there's a God that we believe in. Right. Whereas like flat earthers tend to also be people who believe that there's a simulation that we're living in. And so uh, that kind of gives them more of a purpose they feel like. Right. <laughs> You're lowering your glasses on your nose. <laughs> It's cute. Suspicious. It's cute. But still, no one's trying to get rid of religion by saying the earth is round. Like, that doesn't negate anything. The Maybe society... it's because flat earthers think that, like, if the earth is circular, then, like, hell can't be below us and heaven can't be above us. Because when there's an, with the earth is a sphere, there is no above and below. Because what's... What? Oh, I guess, but... Below us. Well, there's still a, a below the sphere. No, but, oh, but, like to, but to Antarctica, <laughs> yeah, the bottom of the sphere is above them, <laughs> right? I, I guess. The society reached up to 3,500 members. Jeez. Again, this group seems to like it gained members, then it lost them, then it gained it, then it lost it. People in crisis will believe anything. Yeah, yeah. but in 1997, there was a fire. <laughs> at the headquarters oh. and it destroyed like all of their documentation what documentation <laughs> the things they had written down oh okay <laughs> their personal notes around that time <laughs> they're fake evidence oh yeah johnson passed away in 2001 oh. and so like those two things happened a lot of people quit the group and it was a very small group after that so do people use that to be like they destroyed our evidence oh like, probably i bet you know it's like well i can't prove it to you because our evidence was destroyed but trust me you know yeah but then in 2004 daniel shenton not related to samuel shenton oh um created an online discussion forum for the mostly dead society and it like re-sparked the of interest of course it did because the internet ruins everything honestly this whole story is just like a man came up with an idea. A lot of people listened to him, but then eventually realized he was crazy. <laughs> 50 years go by, a different man was like, what if I start talking about that again? A bunch of people start listening, because and then they slowly realize he's crazy, and they stop. just need something and then to feel like <laughs> they're important. They just do. <laughs> like, I hate, I hate to make this about, like, men versus women, but men are that way! <laughs> and women just aren't. So in 2009, a new wiki website was formed and it, it like retook off and more members and the society like officially to date has about 500 members but at the same time like there have been youtube videos about flat earth that have reached more than 100,000 subscribers um uh, there are like facebook and twitter and 
other social media discussion platforms that a lot of people participate in. This um, is proof that people are getting crazier. But let's talk about <laughs> some things that their website says and what... Um, evidence? Great. Uh, well... N- Show me the evidence. There's really not so much evidence, but oh, here's what geez. they believe. I feel like the, uh, most of these things, I'm like, here's how I can disprove it just with logic. So their website says, the simplest is by relying on one's own senses to discern the true nature of the world around us. The world looks flat. The bottom of the clouds are flat. The movement of the sun. These are all examples of your senses telling you that we do not live in a spherical heliocentric world. Okay, but the clouds aren't flat. (laughs) Have you ever been in a plane? (laughs) We'll get there. But the bottom of them are, are flat. They are either, but... Cotton balls aren't flat. Like, that's um, like saying, like, everything's flat. It's not. <laughs> we live in a three-dimensional world. This is using what's called an empirical approach or approach that relies on information from your senses. No, empirical means truth, so they're using that word wrong. Excuse me. Alternatively, when using Descartes' method of Cartesian doubt... To skeptically view the world around us, one quickly finds that the notion of a spherical world is the theory which has the burden of proof, and the flat earth, and not flat Earth theory. So basically, they're saying like Descartes believed nothing like, was true, and therefore what is true is not true, and because so many people <laughs> believe that the Earth is a sphere, it can't be true. I think what he's saying is like there's two theories: there's the spherical Earth theory, and there's the flat Earth theory. Flatter theory, we can look around and be like, yeah, it looks flat. Spherical theory, we have to prove somehow. And if you have to prove it. We also have to prove gravity exists. <laughs> but we know it does. Flat earthers don't. Um, <laughs> I'll get there. So <laughs> they believe that the earth is a disc shape. <laughs> that the north pole is at the center of the disc. What? What? <laughs> I'm gonna blow your mind. Um, I can't wait for your part where you talk all sciencey and factually. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get so angry. <laughs> okay, so they believe the North Pole is at the center of the disc. Okay, ridiculous, but keep talking. Yeah, and there is an ice wall surrounding the disc. Uh, uh, that... <laughs> Are we in Game of Thrones? <laughs> and the ice wall all around the Earth keeps the ocean from spilling out off. <laughs> I need to refill my wine glass. Keep talking. (laughs) NASA (laughs) is closely guarding this ice wall, making it impossible for anyone to get close enough to see it for themselves. NASA is also constantly working to put out fake photos and information that further along the lie that the Earth is They stole that from the moon conspiracy. (laughs) We don't trust NASA is one of the biggest things. Get Um, in line. (laughs) For the people you might point out that have actually been to the South Pole and to Antarctica. Yeah. Flat Earthers believe that NASA subjects anyone who's been to the South Pole to severe mental retraining to replace all of your memories with false ones Uh in which you have not seen the ice wall. And instead, you have seen Antarctica. Okay, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think I trust the bird truthers more than I trust these guys. <laughs> and they also believe that Google Earth is in on it. Like, they're in league with NASA. <laughs> um, I'm a broken woman. I can't. <laughs> oh my god. I'm pouring myself some more wine. Yeah, we're gonna need it for these crazy people. <laughs> now, have you seen the emblem for the United Nations? 
I'm going to look it up right now and you keep talking. They believe that that is a diagram of what the earth really looks like. What? (laughs) Now, the man who designed this emblem, Oliver Lincoln Lundquist, designed it in 1945. And flat earthers believe that he just made an emblem that would look like the earth. And people forgot to tell him that the true shape of the earth was a secret. What people? I'm so, I, the people, you know? The people. The, the government. The, the Capital NASA. G. NASA. <laughs> in response to people having circumnavigated the globe in a plane, they say circumnavigation is performed by moving in a great circle around the North Pole. No. <laughs> I wish oh you all could God. see Sarah's face when I say these things. They're denying basic physics. I barely understand physics, but, like, that's not how it, like, I... <laughs> I can't. I can't deal. If you want to ironically be a flat earther, that's fine. I'm not gonna. Don't worry. But like, <laughs> no, I'm talking about oh. in general. But like, if you truly believe this, then you're just crazy. See, that's the thing, though. Is I was watching one. Okay, I was watching the interview where Shane Dawson talks about it. Talks, talks about, about it with it his brother. brother. Yeah, and his brother basically talks about how when you Google the flat Earth conspiracy, like the first like ten things that show up are people debunking it and people being like the flat Earth conspiracy is crazy, and they're like. That just proves our point more because it seems like there's so many people trying to squash it. That makes it seem more suspicious. But like, that's just people being like, no, here's facts. Yeah, it (sighs) is. Anyway, they believe that ship captains and pilots are unaware of the fact that they're really going around the North Pole instead of like going around around Earth because whoever's behind this all, I don't know if NASA, they think if that's the people behind it all, if they're just like people being used. They think that GPS and mapping equipment are all being designed and programmed to trick them into thinking they're going around. But what around about Earth? before we had technology? That's it exactly was just the like, thing. That was it my was next just point. Like good old it's, fashioned. You get in the boat. There's no. Do they think the tides are going in circles? There's just no circles and circles. We're spiraling inward. I don't, I don't understand. Uh, there's no oh explanation God. for how people traveled before GPS. And there's no explanation for how this would work scientifically. Because if this were the case, it would like really mess up planes. Yes. <laughs> also, like it would really mess up like the ground. Everything. Grab. Would, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this isn't how the earth is shaped. But what about those pesky days and nights we experience? They believe that the sun moves in circles around the North Pole. No! (laughs) (laughs) When it is... If it did, we would still always be able to see the sun because if I... Okay, where's the CD? I got one. Okay, now here's a lid to a mason jar. If... (laughs) If I'm over here, my finger is the sun... And I'm pointing at the north part of the lid. The south part of the lid can still see my finger. It's not, we would never have nighttime. I hate this. Because I think the moon is doing the same thing in opposite orbit. I think so. Uh, So when the sun- Like a pendulum? (laughs) Oh my God. I don't know, I don't know. Just wait, because it's going to get worse and worse and worse as we go. No. Um, When the sun's over your head, it's day. When it's not, it's night. No. The light, no, no. <laughs> the light of the sun is confined to a limited area and its light acts like a spotlight upon the earth. No. <laughs> the apparent effect of the sun rising and setting is a perspective effect. They think that's a visual. This seems to be the most infuriating. It's an optical illusion. No, 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 no. I have a light on a string. I'll show you what it looks like when I lay down. And I swirl it above your head. <laughs> oh, God. 
<laughs> it would always be daytime. This is inferior. <laughs> I hate uh, this. Yeah, there's no explanation for I it. hope I never meet a flat earther. I will not you be able to. probably have. Statistically? Yeah. Like, what percent of humanity believes in this? Well, according to that poll I was talking about earlier, 1%. So 1% of people I meet are flat earthers. <laughs> Maybe. I'm going to post on Facebook if any of you are flat earthers, exit my life. But I, like again, like I think it's, I feel like you, given that you work in like childcare and education, I feel like you're surrounded by people who are more educated. Not to, not to, I don't want to, I'm, I'm like worried about offending flat earthers, but like also guys get it together. It just seems like the root of this isn't not being educated. It's just distrust. Mm-hmm. I think that's the problem. It comes from a place of not being able to trust the people that are educating you, Mm -hmm. not the fact that you aren't smart enough. That's fair. I'm going to march into school and be like, listen, all of you, the earth is a sphere. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. That's a good idea. I'll do the same thing. (laughs) Okay. Flat earthers have no explanation for solar or lunar eclipses. Of course they don't. (laughs) Because that relies on the earth being a sphere. They just like get quiet and hand you some wine when you... Just right now, when people say that they can see the curvature of the Earth from planes or from high altitudes, yes. the Flat Earther Society says, "quote Quite simply, you cannot. No, uh- the windows on commercial aircrafts are small and heavily curved. Even if they flew high enough for a person to see curvature, it would still not be visible to passengers." So, I hate this because it's like they're like, "Quite simply, you think you're seeing it, but you're not." It's that guy that's like, "I got assaulted." No, but you didn't. Yeah. (laughs) That's what this feels like. When pesky people look through telescopes and see other planets. pesky people. They see other planets being round and um, (laughs) orbiting. How dare those planets be round? This is, this is. um, When ours is flat. See, the thing is like, I feel like. Did I think they're just. There was a point. Discs When I watched that Shane Dawson video a couple years ago that for like a half hour I was like, well, maybe the earth's flat. But then when I read this, I was like, no, 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 no. Well, I mean, I, I stopped believing it after like a half hour, but I was, I was like, I remember but she why I thought didn't that. sound batshit when he was talking about <laughs> he it. He didn't. Well, he didn't say this, but this is the thing that I'm like, okay, you're nuts. Um, <laughs> this was the thing. <laughs> Yo, just see what it is. Okay. I had that a while ago. Um, according to the Flat Earth website, planets are orbiting astronomical objects. The Earth is not a planet by definition, as it sits at the center of our solar system. Uh, uh- above which the planets and the sun revolve. The Earth's uniqueness, fundamental differences, and centrality makes any comparison to other nearby celestial bodies insufficient, like comparing basketballs to the court on which they bounce. So they think Earth is the basketball court and planets and the moon and sun. So, and so everybody else is allowed to be round. <laughs> but not us. For some <laughs> arbitrary reason. But not us. I hate And those. then if you ask them, hey, what's gravity? Oh no. Get ready for it. You're not gonna like it. Chuck's wine. The earth is constantly accelerating up at a rate of 32 feet per second squared or 9.8 meters per second squared this constant acceleration causes what you think of as gravity imagine sitting in a car that never stops speeding up you will forever be pushed into your seat the earth works much the same way it is constantly accelerating upwards being pushed by a universal accelerator ua known as dark energy or etheric wind now you have many follow-up questions and you're correct to have those follow-up questions. Uh, what does this mean for the other planets? They're like, all going with us. Because we're, we're in a we're dome. Just, we're all just going up? We're all just going up. Which is like, 
So there's no top or bottom to this universe we're in? Well, like, the solar system is infinite. In I know, but... But, like, I hate that we're rising. We're constantly going up, you know? <laughs> Brings a new meaning to your rising sign. <laughs> <laughs> now, the question that scientists have posed is, if that's true, then, you know, doing math, it would only take one year for the Earth to be rising at the speed of light and then fast, like... We'd reach the speed of light real quick. Yes. We're not We're, we're, we're not, not going traveling. We're not going faster than the speed of light. We're definitely not. Now, <laughs> here is the math put forward by the flat earthers. Due to special relativity, this is not the case. At this point, many re- <laughs> They're literally math. just making up a science. I could also make up a science that doesn't make it true. <laughs> At this point, many readers will question the validity of any answers, which uses advanced, intimidating-sounding physics terms to explain a position. However, it is true. The relative equation is V over C equals tan H AT over C. One will find that in this equation, tan AT over C can never exceed or equal 1. This means that velocity can never reach the speed of light, regardless of how long one accelerates for and the rate of acceleration. Basically, like, scientists are like, that math doesn't work. Um, <laughs> but that's what they're saying. This is like reading a fantasy book and being like, this is a history book. Mm-hmm. You know who would believe this? Jeffrey of Monmouth. You would believe this. There was a guy involved in this at one point that I think I forgot to say his name, but named Jeffrey. And I remember being like, oh, Jeffrey. And then it was like, oh no, that was the historian that was like, no, no, no. It, we've always known it's been rounds. Like, <laughs> a better Jeffrey. He was a better Jeffrey. We're always just looking for a better Jeffrey, you know? <laughs> we um, are. What lies beneath the surface of the earth is heavily disputed amongst flat earthers. But. <laughs> Robbie Davidson, who is a flat earther, gave an interview with Forbes and he said, we don't believe anything can fall off the edge because a big portion of the flat earth community believes that we're in a dome, like a snow globe. So the sun, moon, and stars are all inside. (laughs) (laughs) It's very high. But all contained inside. I'm going to start crying. So there's no way to actually fall off of the earth. You're right there, is it? Because it's round. I... <laughs> so we're rising. But, you know, it's like a dome. It's a snow globe. You know, we're a snow globe that's just yes, shooting Yes, I up. understand. <laughs> the rising thing is really where I'm like, no, 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 no. And then the dome. I'm just furious. How high do you think this dome is? Okay, so there was a man named Mike Hughes. And he was a limo driver. And he attended or threw a flat earth fundraiser. No. And he tried to raise money to take his own rocket up into space in order to get high enough to get a visual and prove that the earth was flat. But now, how would we get out if we are in a dome? How I don't do you think, get up I don't space? think he wanted to even get out of the dome. I think he wanted to like maybe get high enough that he could like take a picture of like the sun going around the earth, like, like so, above it in circle. But here's the thing so that bothers me. Yeah, that's exactly what you're thinking, is if we can't trust the pictures astronauts are taking of the round earth, why can we trust the pictures that Mike Hughes has taken of the flat earth? Now, he was able to raise $8,000 to build his rocket. That's not enough. <laughs> nope. And it took him 10 years and $20,000 to build a steam-powered rocket, but it only went up 1,900 feet before falling back down. 
he I think he's fine. He, I don't think he died or anything or got injured, but it only went up 1,900 feet. So it <laughs> was not high enough to get any proof whatsoever. I can't deal. This is too much, Jane. <laughs> it's been 50 minutes of this, and I and many people my have soul is pointed dying. out that you could spend much less than twenty thousand dollars chartering a flight. That would go much higher than 1,900 feet. And you could take pictures from there. Like, he could have gotten much better proof with far less than $20,000. If they really think, they would need to go, like, 100,000 feet to prove. Which planes do, but they, but flat earthers claim that that's not high enough to really see. So you gotta go, like, what? 500,000 feet? <laughs> I don't know. That's called know. a rocket ship. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I guess that's what he was trying to build, but I just... Someone put a flat earther in a rocket ship and shoot them in the space. Here's a couple other things that I wanted to just touch on before closing this out. The one piece of evidence that I don't really know how to explain is that, well, I don't have all the information. This was, again, something I got from the video where Shane Dawson interviewed his brother. Okay. He talked about this one flight that was going from Hawaii to Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And halfway through, a woman who was pregnant, uh, her water broke and they needed to make an emergency landing. Now, Hawaii to LA. Hawaii to LA, it's kind of a straight shot. Yeah. If you look at a globe, yeah, it's a straight shot. But for some reason, they were like, we need to make an emergency landing. So they detoured and landed in Alaska. Uh-huh. No, and they didn't really get, they were like, that it was faster. Now, if you look at the flat earther map, the like UN logo map, yeah. it's a straight shot from Hawaii to Alaska. But I, what my theory is probably like, so maybe there was like air traffic control or like a lot of stuff going on. So they just like did calculations and realized it'd be faster to land in Alaska. I, that doesn't really prove anything to me, but I'm kind of like, huh. But Alaska just out much farther over. Exactly. So like even, even on a spherical globe, <laughs> especially because most planes don't fly point A, point B, straight line. That's normally a curved line. Mm. So the plane had to curve north before going south to Hawaii. It would have been closer to Alaska. There you go. You solved it. There you go. I did it. Great job. <laughs> See, all of these things, if you think about it for like a little bit, you can solve it. Yeah. Like when I was landing from Italy this past summer, I landed in JFK, which is in Brooklyn. We flew past Brooklyn, went up Manhattan into the Hudson Valley, and then turned and came back down Manhattan to get to Brooklyn, even though we were coming from, we went over Long Island. Mm -hmm. But because of air traffic, that's what you have to do. So it's not always like, it's not a straight line. Travel's not a straight line. So I'm with you now. Yeah. You get me? You, you Yeah. The one thing that I was like, huh, you just explained. Great. The other thing, which has you smarter than a flat earther, <laughs> has been, this has been debunked, but do you remember a couple years ago, Elon Musk launched a car into space? <laughs> yes. <laughs> which like, again, another man doing a pointless thing. Just um, to prove that he could. Flat earthers initially got really upset at that because if you look at the footage of the earth, uh, of the car in space, like there's clearly a round earth behind it. Mm -hmm. a spherical earth behind the car you can very clearly see so they were kind of mad at first they were like oh elon musk is in on this like they're trying to disprove us with this video of this car going around but there's google maps you can now see the curve of the earth i just want to tell you they <laughs> google maps is in on it apparently but there is one moment in the footage of elon musk's car going around the earth mm -hmm. where there's a glitch oh geez and 
the earth goes away and it looks like it's a green screen. Well, not a green screen, but like it looks like the image of the earth behind it like glitches for a second. Oh. Now, scientists have explained this somehow. So it's been debunked. They were like, no, it was like a fuck up of the camera. Right. But flat earthers were like, nope, that's, that's all we need. So that's really all I have. Again, I think a majority of people who believe it's a flat earth think that we're living in a simulation and they think it just makes more sense for us to be on a flat plane. Which, that was another thing I heard one person say was that we're living on a flat plane and planet is just plain with a T. But also flat earthers believe that Earth isn't a planet by definition. It's a basketball court that the planets bounce on. Like, oh my God. <laughs> but they think it makes more sense if someone's like watching us and controlling us in a simulation for us to all be on one flat thing. Other people, I think, just have a distrust of the people in charge and government and which like, I mean, me too, to an extent, but to an extent, but like following your own logic. I believe things that, that I see with my eyes and with my senses and we I see the sun rise and set. The sun rise and the sunset. So, and I don't think it's an optical illusion. I don't either. This is like, this was just like infuriating. Like I just, mm-hmm. I think it's also really hard for me because I am such a person of science and fact. Yeah. I will believe anything that there is scientific evidence for, which is why in many ways I'm also a skeptic. Yeah. Because I'm so like, where's the evidence? You know, so like this is just like infuriating because I have a huge personal problem with reasoning with people who just can't understand logic yeah i don't know in another life i was a philosopher or something Mm. i'm such a logic-based person so this is just so aggravating because it's like where is your logic there's no not even is there no evidence there's no logic and that's my problem a couple months ago i saw this one video that one of the late night talk shows i don't remember which one but they like went to like a flat earther event the idea of the event was they were going to send out a boat Mm -hmm. with a big flag on it that like had something written on it i think it was like words and they were just gonna have someone sail it out and they were gonna like watch it with binoculars and prove that like it wasn't gonna dip down yeah but then like it did dip down jeez (laughs) what and all the flat earthers were kind of like well it doesn't convince me like they were all like Nah, something must have happened. Like, n- none of them had any changed minds. They were like, we just, we, we, you were just shown proof of the curvature of the earth. And they were like, mm, no. Like, <laughs> that's just so aggravating because you can't reason with people mm-hmm. like that. People who are given solid facts and still cannot be convinced that they're right. And like, that just doesn't go for yeah. flat earthers. There are people that are like that who are very regular, normal people who believe things everybody else believes, but the littlest things, they just can't be convinced. Hello, everybody. So I'm recording this interlude because for some reason, we took a break. And when we came back, what I didn't realize is that our audio was not recording through our microphone. It recorded through my laptop. So I want to apologize in advance for the shoddy sound that you're about to get in the second half. I promise the content is still good. Um, Those weird clicking noises are me tapping on my laptop and my bracelet. So please enjoy some ambient noise, courtesy of Jane and Sarah in their living room on Sarah's laptop. We're back. We're back. We took a break. We went on a field trip. We did. Got Jane some dinner. We were on the hunt for some SpaghettiOs, but it was a fruitless mission. Shake's fist at the sky. We'll get you some SpaghettiOs, Jane, I promise. Next time I go to a grocery store, I'll look for them. I don't think to look for them because I feel like I should actually buy foods that, you know, an adult would eat. (laughs) 
Um, Shopping with Jane is like, she'll like put a bunch of stuff in the cart and I'll be like, okay, now what meal is that? Like, how does that become a meal? I don't know how to be an adult, you guys. It's okay. It's really hard. It's really hard. Most of the things I buy aren't like meals I make because I get meals delivered. I don't order delivery for every meal to clarify. I get like meal subscription boxes. So thank you for telling us about Flat Earthers. You're welcome, but also I'm sorry. Yeah, I like felt sufficiently drunk after that because I was like just guzzling wine to cope. (laughs) You're going to want to keep drinking. So here we go. So for Reddit today, I went on Explain Like I'm Five. I love that one. Yeah, love this one. And the question was, do hallucinations really appear as shown in movies and series? And how and why do they appear at all? And this was one response. I think it's fair to say no, depending on what movie you have in mind. So your brain is a prediction machine. It's receiving information from the external world, but also has internal information consisting of various things such as personal experience. Your perception of the world is a prediction based on input from these two sources. There are two sources of information, and something like an arbitrator has to decide how much weight to give each source of information and adjust for error accordingly. When you hallucinate, the arbitrator is overweighing internal information. It's making less accurate predictions about what you're perceiving by underweighting external information and overweighting internal information. Essentially, we are always hallucinating, but the typical correspondence is fairly accurate. What we see, and this is a different response, what we see and hear is highly processed. The brain edits, corrects, guesses, and extrapolates from sensory inputs to build a perception that is most useful to us. Often you are identifying remembering as much as you are seeing and hearing. If you know your car is blue, it might look blue under a yellow street lamp, even if a stranger would see it as black. Jeez. So hallucinations occur when that process isn't working the way it should and the brain is misinterpreting or even creating perceptions that never existed. It can be caused by drugs, injury, disease, or psychological disorder. Often the same factors that cause the illusion also reduce the brain's abilities to be aware of them. Much like how in a dream you accept bizarre situations uncritically. So we're always hallucinating. That's crazy. Which I think explains so much like why... Like, we look at other people and we see other people differently than they see themselves. Mm. You know? Because, like, you're my friend Jane and, like, I adore you and I see you as, like, so beautiful or whatever, but you don't necessarily hold yourself in that same image. Oh, no. No! No! You're so pretty! No, you are! No! Stop. You are. I'm cute in these glasses. Alrighty, are you ready to move on? Yes, we talked about some people not listening to science for the first half of this, and I feel like this is going to be kind of similar thematically. Um, Maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit. All right, so, Keystone Pipeline. Keystone Pipeline. Here we go. Here we go. So, the key, if you don't know, the Keystone Pipeline is an oil pipeline that runs between Canada and the U.S. and is commissioned and owned by TC Energy. Um, this was a clarifying point for me, even though the even though Pennsylvania is the Keystone State, the Keystone Pipeline does not run through Pennsylvania. It goes from the West Coast to the Midwest and the South. Oh, I didn't know it went to the South. Yeah, it goes all the way to Texas. It runs from the Western Canadian Sedimentary Basin in, in Alberta to refineries in Illinois and Texas. Although it has existed since 2010, a planned fourth phase, known as Keystone XL, attracted the attention of environmentalists. 
So there are three existing phases to the Keystone Pipeline. I will briefly explain the first three. I feel like a lawyer with my glasses. You really look like one. So phase one of the pipeline was completed in June 2010. That delivers oil from Alberta to Steel City, Nebraska, Rood River Refinery in Roxana, Illinois, and Bakota Oil Terminal Hub in Bakota, Illinois. Phase two, known as the Keystone Cushing Extension, was completed in February 2011 and brings oil from Steel City, Nebraska to Cushing, Oklahoma. The Gulf Coast Extension, Phase 3, completed in January 2014, goes from Cushing, Oklahoma, to refineries in Port Arthur, Texas. It's a whole network. The first two phases of the pipeline have the capacity to deliver 590,000 barrels of oil per day from Canada to the Midwest. Phase 3 delivers up to 700,000 barrels per day to the Texas refineries. And for some context, the U.S. produced about 9.4 million barrels of petroleum per day in 2015. I'm sorry, just the way you, like, moved your glasses down your nose and looked at me as you said that. I like, okay, this is your first. I feel like I'm now. at a deposition. <laughs> I'm going to be Elle Woods. So, it's a, it's, they make up a big portion of the oil industry in mm-hmm. the United States. Phase 4, or Keystone XL, would connect Phase 1 pipeline terminals in Hardesty, Alberta, and Steel City, Nebraska, by a shorter route and using a larger diameter pipe. The pipeline would run through Baker, Montana, and add oil from the Williston Basin to the production line as well. The ultimate goal of Keystone XL is to connect is to create a route direct from the Alberta tar sands to the Gulf of Mexico. So we're talking about tar sand oil which is a type of crude light oil. This project is estimated to bring 800,000 more barrels a day through the U.S. to be sold on foreign markets. This project was first proposed by TransCanada, the Canadian company in charge of the Canadian side, Mm -hmm. in 2009 and was approved by the National Energy Board of Canada on March 11, 2010. So since the beginning of the Keystone Pipeline, the idea of Keystone XL has existed while they added the other three, while they added the other two phases. In 2010, when the Cushing extension was officially added, Obama initially pledged his support for Keystone XL and the energy and gas independence it would lead to in the U.S. He wanted the U.S. to be able to produce its its own energy completely independent of other countries, which he thought the Keystone XL pipeline would do. Mm -hmm. In the summer of 2011, a protest was held in Washington, D.C. that brought national attention to the Keystone XL pipeline. Over 2,100 people showed up for a two-week protest. During that time, over 200 people were arrested. And now I'm going to get into why they were protesting the pipeline and why we still are protesting the pipeline. So NASA's leading climate scientist, Dr. James Hansen, who I believe we talked about before, I'm not positive, but the name sound really familiar, mm-hmm. called the pipeline, quote, a fuse to the largest carbon bomb on the planet. If the carbon stored in the Canadian tar sands is released into the Earth's atmosphere, it would be catastrophic for the planet. Also, all pipelines inevitably spill. It's an inevitability. Really? It's an inevitability of oil pipelines. Keystone 1 spilled... Then why don't we change how we make them? Or, like, stop... Keystone 1 spilled 12 times in its first year and has spilled 30 times in the last eight years overall. Right. Um, (sighs) Keystone XL is built to spill. 
Is this is this show is just turning into we take turns infuriating each other? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's built to spill. And its spills will have a devastating effect on the very sensitive lands of Nebraska. That's like a huge thing is that there, the lands there, the soil is softer. It would be much more catastrophic for oil to spill in Nebraska and that mm-hmm. particular area that the pipeline will run, will, will run through than other areas. Um, oil spills also have a devastating effect on employment and the economy. TransCanada which, again, is the company that's charged the Canadian side, and they're the ones that are proposing Keystone XL, has forced landowners along the pipeline to sign contractual agreements for their land, um, which is super shady, essentially saying, like, you have... They, like, are putting pressure on people and, like, doing terrible things to make them say, like, yes, you can have my land for the pipeline. And, like, no, I won't sue you. So Canada has its problems, too. I feel like I'm hearing more about Canada lately, but it's, like... Not as perfect like as Justin we... Justin Trudeau has done some not great things lately, or things have come out about him. Yeah. Um, I still think he's handsome and is a better leader yeah. than I think the alternative that he's running against, but still. Yeah. The pipeline threatens the Carrizo, Wil- the, the Carrizo Wilcox Aquifier, which supplied drinking water to 12 million people in East Texas. It also it threatens a different aquifier that's much smaller, that's in... Nebraska, I believe, and is a huge source of water for the people of Nebraska, including um, indigenous tribes that are there, which I will get to. According to Cornell University's Global Labor Institute, the pipeline will destroy more jobs than it creates, which is a huge reason why people are advocating for it. Like, we're like, we need more jobs, yada, yada, but that actually is not accurate because it will, once done, require less jobs than it before. It will drive up gas prices, according to the National Resources Defense Council. Importantly, the pipeline violates tribal sovereignty. The Indigenous Environmental Network drafted the Mother Earth Accord to preserve the integrity of First Nations and tribal lands in the U.S. and Canada, um, specifically, like, to fight Keystone XL. Mm. Because they're like, we have to protect our land. And finally, the environmental impact statement of the Keystone Pipeline was conducted by the State Department, um, not the Environmental Protection Agency. And the um, EIS failed to properly analyze direct, indirect, and cumulative impacts of the project. This, like, got into, like, kind of a shady thing with the Clintons because Hillary Clinton, when she was Secretary of State, a close friend of hers, is, like, a higher-up for TransCanada, and the State Department conducted the inspection. But it's fine. It fixes itself. That the, In that aspect, that kind of fixed itself later. Um, in, did it? Did it? <laughs> well, in that administration. In late 2011, protests over the pipeline began totaling 10,000. Before that, people had never heard of the Keystone Pipeline. But once environmentalists started gathering in front of the White House, it gained a lot of traction and media attention, and suddenly it became a really, really big deal. Um, On January 18, 2012, President Obama turned down TransCanada's request for a permit to continue building the pipeline. TransCanada did reapply, and this time they began trying to buy Nebraskan land, just like they had tried to, quote-unquote, buy the landowner, the land of the people in Canada that they were forcing into these contracts. (laughs) Governor Dave Nineman allowed this. He was the governor of Nebraska, which David Davina, an attorney, fought to prove unconstitutional that the governor of Nebraska can't allow TransCanada to sell, to buy Nebraskan land. And this did go to court, and the landowners were successful, and TransCanada was not allowed to buy land. 
the Sioux people say that the pipeline would be in violation of their 1868 treaty, which banned the government from building a pipeline without their consent. Although the pipeline does not enter their reservation and land, it would still have a direct impact on, on their live. environment and where they live. So they're very against it. Um, and in a strange turn of events, the Sioux live closer to Texas. Um, in a strange turn of events, the Cowboy Indian Alliance was formed, and it literally was like this group of indigenous Sioux people and like literal cowboys from like Texas being like, let's set aside our differences and fight this pipeline because they both don't want it in their area. (laughs) There's hatred in our past, but like we have to save our land. We have to protect our people and we're going to do it together. And it was like this like really crazy thing that's happening in Texas right now that they all just hate the pipeline and don't want it to happen. So they're two historically at odds groups are teaming together. So that's at least something interesting and something like if these two groups that did not get along in the past are teaming up against you you know you're the bad guy yeah you know you're doing something wrong in november 2014 a bill was introduced to take power away from the state department and the decision making process of approving keystone xl so they Mm -hmm. wanted it to not be a government decision but a private decision Mm -hmm. but that bill did not pass and on november 6 2015 obama rejected keystone xl because of the environmental impact specifically that it would have remember when we had a president with like common sense yeah, well, it was, like, interesting, because, like, at first he was all for it, and then he was, like, and then it got a lot of public disapproval, and he was, like, oh, I guess not. And then ah! they were, like, evaluate environmental impact, and he was, like, yeah, 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 no, we can't do that. <laughs> People change sides, but that's fine, that's fine, he said no. <laughs> Since then, on January 14, 2017, ugh, Trump signed an executive order allowing TransCanada to apply for the Keystone XL permit. The White House has since then given a green light to TransCanada, and they have sent an application. So uh, where we're at right now is that TransCanada has officially applied again to do the Keystone Pipeline. That process can take, like, over 18 months to do and to get approved. So right now they're, like, awaiting approval for their application to rebuild the pipeline. On a rebuild. Not rebuild, but, like, do to build Keystone XL Phase 4. Mm-hmm. That's I where gotcha. we're at. It's in the application phase. But, but just 16 days ago, on October 29th, Phase 1 of the Keystone Pipeline leaked 383,000 gallons of oil in North Dakota, covering half an acre of wetland. The spill began on Tuesday night near the small town of Edinburgh in northeast North Dakota, less than 50 miles from the Canadian border. The company does not know how the leak started. Because, of course not. I thought they said leaks were inevitable! They do, but they don't know. That's why it's inevitable, because they don't know how they start. This seems like a major problem you should fix before you continue right as of monday the pipeline was back in service which is really quick it was two weeks and they turned the pipeline back on um at at reduced pressure but still um this has reignited criticisms of of the keystone pipeline and keystone xl because tc energy cannot prevent these spills from happening and the environmental impacts are significant spilled oil on land can reach groundwater bodies in which case the groundwater will move at slower speeds (gasps) volatilization which is a concentration of a contaminant in a solution happens faster on land surfaces and can lead to contaminants being stuck on other structures like houses rainwater can carry the oil to new bodies of water like rivers the oil sticks around for a long time which means we and other living things are breathing it in and it is polluting our bodies and the air and is staying around for a very long time and it's also polluting the food chain 
Um, and this is where I lead you to our weekly reminder to contact your representatives. <laughs> Trans Canada is still in the process of applying for Keystone XL, so it can still be stopped. Um, so you can write about how much you don't like oil companies and to tell them to invest in renewable energy. And then you also asked me about what's going on with BP. <laughs> and <laughs> Jane said to quote, um, have we forgiven them <laughs> about the BP oil spill? So if you don't know. I mean, like, um, I don't feel like I feel happily about any oil company. Right. But okay, yeah. So, you know what I mean. So with specifically regards to the 2010 BP oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico. Right. Yeah. yeah. Gulf of Mexico. Um, I didn't do notes about this. I just read an article, and I'm going to recap it conversationally to you. Um, Great. I did an ep- I did that about Louis Larry Silenson, and now that's our most listened to episode, and I feel nervous. Here it is. Here it is. I hope Here I is. got everything right. I probably didn't. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. So I read this article, and essentially the CEO of BP, who I don't remember his name because, again, I did not take notes. The CEO of BP, when this happened... Um, he was already in, he, he's British. BP's a British company. Um, he was already in America. He was actually in D.C. when it happened. And he met with the president, Obama, and was like, I need your help to fix this because my number one priority is that people don't lose their jobs and that we are mm-hmm. able to pay back all the damages. And if this company sinks, that's not going to happen. And Obama was like, that's a good point. So, the CEO of BP, everyone was convinced, like, he was going to get fired, he would resign following this, like, major oil spill, but instead what happened was that he made it a priority to, they got, they have at this point paid $65 billion in lawsuits for damages as a result of the oil spill, but they have paid it all. Okay. Um, he made sure that as few people as possible, like, lost their jobs, even though stocks, like, dropped significantly. And essentially, as a businessman, his, his priority was, like, revaluing BP so that, like, people would want to buy stocks because of, like, their integrity, essentially, mm-hmm. by being, like, we are paying off all of these damages. Like, we are taking responsibility. Like, we are trying to do the right thing. Yeah. You know? And, like... Accepting what we did and, like, putting all the money we can that we still have and fixing it, you know? Yeah. So that was his business business tactic. BP is now back where they were before the oil spill as of 2018. Their, like, company worth was back to what it was before. Um, And essentially that's, like, that's all, that's, like, what the article was about. Like, saying, like, I wasn't going to let you know, an oil spill, which was, like, absolutely our fault, like, affect the people in the company who had nothing, who were not responsible for it. Yeah. And, like, he didn't want to, when, when oil spills happen, often the answer is, like, pay as little as possible. And he was, like, no, like, I want, I want to pay these damages. Like, I want to make sure that our company can continue so that people can get the money that they deserve for, like, what I've done to their environment. Yeah. You know? And he, like, fully took responsibility for the economic and environmental impact of it. So he's still the CEO, but I think he just stepped down in 2018. He was like, I want to see it through that it gets restored. And then he stepped down, and now there's a new CEO who's Swedish. Oh. <laughs> Plot twist. Plot twist. But he was talking about, in the article, he was like, if it was a different company, if it was an American oil company like Exxon, 
they probably yeah. would have just been like Not done everything they can yeah. to pay as little as possible. Mm-hmm. Which, like, he said to President Obama, like, I will not, I will not, like, sink to the level and, like, you know, try to scam people yeah. any more than I already have. And Obama was like, okay, I will help you keep your company afloat in this country, essentially. Which is what happened. So yeah. they were able to pay people their money. Which I think is why it's, like, kind of been unrecognized because it hasn't been this, like, yeah. you know, I feel like there are so many instances where it's, like, people are not getting the money they deserve, they're not getting justice, so we hear about it a lot, but in this case, like, people were kind of getting, like, they were suing BP and BP was paying them, you know? Yeah. So it's a very different situation, which is probably why it's been really, like, it kind of floated off of our radar, because BP was like, we'll do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to, like, I'll fight, I'll fight you every step excuse me, every step of the way. So that's what happened with BP. Okay. Is the I'm glad I know that. Is the short of it, which I think is interesting. I think that's I think that's a very specific um, response that comes from them being a British company and not an American company. I think an American company All right, would but answer let's very Keep different. in mind that they started flat earth. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They did. They did. I think just like I think it's a very different situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is it's something that didn't happen in their home country, I should say. That makes sense. You know. You know. You know. So there's that. That's what happened to BP. Cool. Um, Well, not cool, but, (laughs) you know, acceptable. Soup's not cool. Um, On that not cool note, (laughs) thank you so much for listening. (laughs) You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at YKWIBWpodcast. You can check out our website, I've been wondering.com. If you like what you're hearing, you consider you can consider donating to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash YKWI I can't talk today. If you like what you're hearing, you can consider donating to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash YKWIBWpodcast or and you can leave us a five star review on iTunes. It really helps us out. And finally, if you have something that you've been wondering, you can email us at I've been wondering podcast at gmail.com. I suddenly forgot. I was like, what's our email server? <laughs> Do we have Yahoo? <laughs> so Jane and I have agreed that we are going to take a week off for Thanksgiving. Um, so we will not be with you next week for an episode. We will come back to you the Wednesday after Thanksgiving, which is going to be in December. One less thing to be grateful for. You won't have us. <laughs> so you can think about on that day how thankful you are that normally we, we talk in your ear every single week. Yes. Uh, we're Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Um, I'm thankful for you. Oh, we should talk about what we're thankful for. Oh, we should. We can do it right now. Oh, what are you thankful gosh, for? Gosh, darn it. Hmm. Hmm. I'm grateful for all the kitties in the world and kitties like children or like cats like cats but also kitties uh, well no I am like no matter how difficult their job is I am grateful for the children like I feel like there's like I love working with them and I they, even the ones that I like have challenges with like if you like said anything negative about them I'd be like don't you dare yeah um, <laughs> I relate I relate um so I'm very grateful for the kids I get to work with I'm grateful for having such a wonderful friends to be doing a podcast Aww. with and to be my roommate and my other roommate I'm also grateful for um <laughs> what am I grateful for I'm grateful for my family and 
the fact that music exists. I can get really existential about okay, this. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. Good, good, good. Um, what are you grateful for? Thankful. It's called Thanksgiving. Thankful. <laughs> you you don't celebrate Grateful's Giving? No. Um, <laughs> it's an alternate universe thing, I guess. Um, I am thankful to have two jobs that I love very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I am thankful for my students. Um, and they're just so delightful and their wit and they just bring me so much joy um so i'm thankful that i get to spend every day or five days a week with them um i am thankful for capri suns <laughs> of which i have had two tonight i'm thankful for disney plus i haven't watched any of it yet but i'm We're thankful, thankful for it thank you disney plus um i'm thankful for wine and pizza uh, of course um and i am thankful for my mom and Michael, and uh, I'm thankful for books. There we go. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys, Sarah can read. I can read. I'm thankful <laughs> that I can read. <laughs> I'm, I'm thankful for literacy. I'm thankful for literacy. There we go. Alrighty, <laughs> let's figure out what we're gonna talk about. <laughs> so, Jane, you know what I've been wondering? Mm-hmm. What have you been wondering? Dreams. How do they happen? Oh. Where do they come from? What's like the science behind that? How do our brains form them? Is it true that you can only have see things in dreams that you've seen in real life? I don't know, but I had a dream the other night. <laughs> you've had some crazy dreams. Well, I, feel I like just lately. keep having dreams that I have of like uh, like an epic romance, and then I wake up and it was a dream, and I'll be like. Dang it! Yeah, like, that's super disappointing. But the other night, like, I had a dream that me and this guy started dating, and I swear I've never seen this man's face before in my life. I well, a lot of times it's like you don't realize, like, it's someone you pass quickly, so you're not really taking in their face. I've heard, but, like, they can still appear in your dreams. Maybe. So, tell me all about that. Okay. All about it. I want to know the whole thing. A way to start off December, talking about dreams as we close out the year. Okay. The final month of 2019. Honestly, like, 2019 kind of flew by, but also, I didn't like the number 2019. I didn't either. But 2020 is going to feel so surreal. Yeah, it is. It sounds like a year that doesn't exist. Yeah, it does. But so does 2019. Like, everything after, like, 2000. I still sometimes will be like, 2011, that was, like, two years ago. Yeah. (laughs) It's not so long ago. Do you know what I've been wondering? What have you been wondering? So, it's going to be December soon. Yeah. I mean, right now, I feel like we're not even halfway through November. But by the time... We're over halfway through November. By the... Oh, jeez. Let the days stop coming and they don't stop. (laughs) Um, But it's going to be December soon. And I think by the time... We talk about this on the podcast, but we close to December. And that means <laughs> that we'll be well upon Christmas movie season and holiday movies. Yeah, yes. I would like you to talk about the history of Hallmark Christmas movies. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, when did they realize that was what they are only commodity wise. Oh my gosh. The business. Oh my gosh. Yes. My favorite niche business. Because like 
Absolutely. There's so many things about wait, it. Wait, wait, wait. Am I allowed to branch into Lifetime too? Or just sure. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. The cheese, the like, you're yes. the super cheesy, ridiculous of Christmas yes. movies. Of which Netflix has started making some. Oh, and they're amazing. They're awful, but they're amazing. They're awful, but they're amazing. <laughs> La- when, one day last year, Jane and I watched like four in a day. Because we were just like, I we just gotta, we really just gotta do it. All right, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I love that. Start out the holiday season right. Yes. Amazing. All right. Thank you so much for listening. This is, you know what I've been wondering. Tchaikovsky. Um. Tchaikovsky? Tchaikovsky. I'm sorry. I've had a lot of wine and I'm trying to hold it together. Who's Tchaikovsky? <laughs>